You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. Well, today we are blessed to have with us a guest speaker. And uh, before we get to that, I just want to uh, share where we're at uh, in the series we're in. Um, this month we are in a series called Scars. And what this whole series is about is that oftentimes we experience wounds. And uh, when God is at work in the midst of those wounds, they turn to scars, and those scars become a beautiful roadmap of our redemption, of how God has brought us through pain and suffering and difficulty and struggle. And uh, when we look back at our scars through the lens of Christ's forgiveness and his healing, they're not something that becomes an obstacle, they become something that propelled us forward because God was in the midst of it all. I love the verse in Romans 8 that says that God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's, that's what these scars are about. So today, we are blessed to have with us Anthony Torres, Anthony Pastors, Mountain Valley Church church out in New Mexico. Uh, also, he is the author of Letters to My People. Uh, it's an incredible book he wrote about his journey through addiction to find freedom. And we actually have those books available out in the foyer. If you want to purchase one, you can do that after service uh, on your way out today. I encourage you to do that and uh, support what he's doing. It's a great book, great resource. And uh, we're so excited to have Anthony. I met Anthony a couple years ago. We were, had our revitalized conference, our change conference here. And uh, he came in to, to do one of the breakout sessions. God's been doing some amazing things in his church. He's been there now six years and has seen incredible growth. He's had the grand opening of the new building this past Sunday, and we're just so excited to have uh, him with us. So if you can give it up this morning for Anthony Torres. <laughs> Anthony, I have a couple things for you. First of all, Not we're going to we're gonna shoot these. Not today. <laughs> If you were with us a few weeks ago, uh, I mistakenly shot a t-shirt into a light fixture. No one died or was injured. Um, I think uh, Pastor Delaney sent Rosemary up so that we don't injure anybody else. I was just going to shoot it at you, that's all. I mean, that's not going to hurt anyone. But Anthony, Pastor Anthony is a huge Cowboys fan, and you can't come to Steeler territory as a Cowboys fan and not get something. So we got him something to represent. So there you go, bud. Well, I needed a new towel to wash my car, so this will work perfect for it. Just so you know, I, I know, I know it's, 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 it's good for washing cars, but um, there's six Super, Super Bowl rings behind that, that towel. So That's a whole other sermon series I do not want to get into this morning, but um, the anointing just went out of the place talking about Pittsburgh. Um, also, wow, man, I just love what you're doing out in New Mexico, and it's so awesome to hear the stories and see what God's doing, and uh, we're just so excited for you to see how God is moving. You know, one of the things that we're really passionate about is helping pastors come alongside them as they're turning churches around, because we need more of that. Man, we need more of that in America, not just starting new churches, but taking dying, declined, stagnant churches and breathing life, kind of uh, that, that moment where you speak life into the dead bones, and I just want to say thank you for that, and thank you, Nick. we have a little gift for your church oh, to thank say, you. you know what, we want to so into what God is doing there and wow. invest in that wow. and see God continue to do it. So wow. I'll give that to you. Thank you, Nick. And uh, can, we, can we pray for your church real quick sure, before you jump into God's word this morning? God, I thank you for Pastor Anthony. God, thank I pray, you, thank you for his leadership and ministry. God, what he's doing there uh, across New Mexico, Lord, the impact he's making in pastors and God, uh, reaching and serving people who are, who are uh, oftentimes overlooked and forgotten. I pray that you would just bless the ministry of Mountain View Church. I pray you would bless, Lord, the influence. God, continue to experience 
expand their borders. They've moved into this new building. Mm. I pray, Lord, that you would multiply their efforts, Lord, that that mm. building, God, becomes a symbol of your goodness, of your grace, of your provision. God, that you fill that space. God, allow them, Lord, to be a beacon of hope in a world that so desperately needs it. Bless him in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Love Nick. you. Love Thanks you, buddy. Thank you. Well, good morning, everybody. So I'm from New Mexico. How many of you have been to New Mexico before? Wow. So you know, it's, you know, it's just dirt and mountains. That's all you're going to get. You know, we left New Mexico Thursday, and it was uh, uh, 70 degrees, and we get to Pennsylvania, and somebody forgot to turn the heater on here. And so we had to adjust to it. But uh, thank you so much for, for having us here this morning. Uh, it is an honor uh, to be here with you, and, and thank you, Pastor Nick, for opening up your pulpit this morning, and, and just thank you so much. Um, I have uh, four wonderful kids. Um, they're all older, a 22-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 13-year-old, and uh, my wife, Sasha, we've been together for about 20 years, and I've only been a Christian for 11 years and eight months, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. And uh, I've been sober and clean for about 11 years and eight months. And so I thank God for that because I could do nothing without God. As far as pastoring a church, we've been pastoring for six years as the lead pastor. And uh, people always ask me, well, how did you know you wanted to be in ministry and be a pastor? I said, I didn't. You know, it was one of those things that I said, God, if you can clean up my life, if you can help me kick this drug and alcohol addiction, if you could just help me, I promise you, I'll, I'll serve you. I'll do whatever you want to do. And uh, he says, I want you to preach. I said, that's not what I meant. I said, send me to Africa. Send me somewhere else. I said, that, that, me being the lead pastor is just not going to work. But I always tell people, listen, I, I don't have a perfect life, but I do have a surrendered life to Christ. And we're going to talk about that this morning. So thank you so much for just allowing us uh, to be here as, as we just share God's word. All right, if you guys have your Bibles with you this morning, um, I want you to go to Mark 5, verses 22 through 34. Mark 5, 22 through 34. Here's the thing. I don't want you to leave church this morning and go, wow, that was a great worship, which it was, a phenomenal worship. I don't want you to, to leave this morning and go, wow, that was a great sermon. What I want you to do this morning is I want you to walk out of the doors and say, what a great God we serve today, that God met us right where we were at. Because if there's a time more than ever that this world needs Jesus, it is today. We have a lot of wounded people in the world. And listen, most, some of those are Christians People today, you know, we get saved and give our life to Christ, and we think that things are just going to go away overnight. How many know this Christian life is a challenged life? It's a constant thing. Every single day, we are working on our relationship with Jesus. And here's what I know about being broken. Here's what I know, that if we don't heal correctly in our lives, whatever that looks like for you, we will bleed on everybody that we love. See, we have people that are sober and clean, but they, but they stay broken. And guess what? We still have saved Christians today, but continue to, to stay broken. That we're just going through the, the, the emotions of, of life. But I want you to be healed today in the name of Jesus. My prayer this morning is that God is going to meet you in your life wherever you're at. Amy Whitehouse proved that that she can have all the money and fame in the world and could make her happy. She drank herself to death. 
Robin Williams, we all know Robin Williams, made all these wonderful movies and, and made us laugh, yet he wasn't laughing inside. Pastor Jim Howard, who pastored a, a mega church in California, 7,000 members took his life a little bit over three years ago. See, we think that when it comes to the struggle, we think that when it comes to brokenness, we think it's just people in the world. No, I'm here to tell you it's in the church today too. But the problem with the church versus the world is that we're really good at hiding where we're at. Some of you this morning probably walked into the church broken. You're, just, you're dealing with some things in life. Maybe your family is not where it needs to be. Maybe your kids are on the streets addicted to drugs. Maybe your marriage is in shambles this morning. But we're really good at faking it. You know, we walk through the doors and we're really good with the, the Christian language, I guess you can say. Oh, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Praise the Lord. Knowing deep down inside... You're struggling. I'm here to tell you today, if you're struggling in, in an area, you're in the right place today. You're in the right place today because God is going to meet you right where you're at. And today we have a lot of injured souls in the world. And we get to a place and what do we do? How do we heal? How do we move forward? How do we overcome areas in our life? See, we use God as our last resort and I'm here to tell you today, if we're going to fight these full-time devils, we need a full-time God in our life. We can't just come on Sunday. We can't just come on Wednesday and expect to have breakthroughs in our lives. No, we need to continue, constantly be moving to God. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants every bit of your past, your pain, the things that are going on in your life. He, he, he wants to be a part of that. And so if you have your Bibles this with you this morning, Mark 5, verses 22 through 34. If you're there, can I get an amen? amen? If you need more time, say, hold on. Okay, let us stand for the reading of the word. I'm old school like that. We're going to stand. I believe we need to honor God's word today. Mark 5, verses 22 through 34. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came and Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. How many years? 12 years. And had suffered many things from many doctors. And she spent all that she had but was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him and the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only, say that with me, if only, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power that had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude and you say, who touched me? And then he looked around to see who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. Heavenly Father, I pray over the reading of your word this morning, my God. Lord, I pray that you anoint my words, Lord, because... I'm not worthy one bit to speak for you. 
but yet you picked me to be a voice for you today. And so by the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that your word goes forth into our hearts. Heal us today. Restore us today. Renew us today. Let today be the day that, that we met you, Lord. You met us right where we're at. And we thank you for the reading of the word today that never comes back void. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. You may be seated. Here we read about the woman that had been fed up with her pain. We're not talking months. We're talking years. She needed Jesus. She was tired of the temporary fixes. That's what the scripture says, that she spent everything that she had and was still no better. And the scripture says that she grew worse. Here's the thing. Everybody knows about Jesus. Everybody hears about Jesus. If you were to go into the town and maybe speak of Jesus, he said, oh yeah, I know who Jesus is, but doesn't really have a relationship with Jesus. I remember growing up in the Catholic church. How many were part of a Catholic church? Anybody grew up in the Catholic church? Man, y'all remember those days? It was quiet, right? Man, I tell you what, back in those days, I remember if we would cry in church, mama would pinch my arm. And she would say, you better not cry. I'm like, you just pinched my arm, mama. You know, and she's like, if you cry, you're going to get it when we got home. I mean, I mean, that's just the way I grew up. I mean, you, you walked into the Catholic church and we heard what the priest said, but I was an altar boy for three years and I hated every bit of it. I had to get up there in my white robe, and I was in charge of carrying the cross to, to the front, and the priest would get upset at me because sometimes Jesus would be turned around when he was supposed to be facing the front, and so he would pinch my arm. I was like, this must be a Catholic thing. You're pinching my arm. And, and, and so I would carry Jesus down the aisle and put him on a little mound, and, and then I would help the priest, and I was so nervous. I remember, I don't know how the Catholic church is today, but back then, everything was glass, Everything was glass. I mean, they served communion in glass, you know, bowls, and the cups were glass. But I was so nervous that I would get up there and be pouring the wine for the priest that all you would hear was the glass clinging together. Clink, 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 clink. That's all you would hear. And you know, in the Catholic church, it's quiet. But, 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 something, but something struck me when I gave my life to Jesus in 2009. I said, wow, here I was in the, the Catholic church, and here I was carrying Jesus down the aisle, but yet I failed to have a relationship with him. And that, and that spoke to me. Because see, here's the thing. If we're not careful in our life of serving God and Christianity, we'll just go through the motions of Christianity, never really having a relationship with Jesus. Never really ta uh, 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 tapping into the power of God that he wants for our lives. See, we just can't sit here on Sundays and Wednesdays. No, you got to have a relationship with Jesus when you get home. You got to have a relationship with Jesus in your workplace. You got to have a relationship with Jesus no matter where you're at. Because if we're not careful, we'll just go through the motions because everyone hears about Jesus. Let me tell you what God is looking for today. If only people, if only people, his people would believe again in his name if only people would trust him again, if only people would believe that he can heal all the areas of their lives, and that God can heal any marriage, God can restore any relationship, and God can break any addiction off in the name of Jesus. He can do it. 
But what God is looking for today is, is if only people. So I have a few questions for you this morning. What hurt have you been holding on to? Is it keeping you stuck in the past with fear, anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts? You want to move forward. You know, maybe there's an addiction that maybe nobody knows about. And I love this story here because this is a snapshot of our lives. Now, we might not have been bleeding uh, uh, outside, but inside, people are struggling every single day. And here's the thing. Jesus, he, he might not heal it right away, but you keep on pursuing God every single day. And listen, I don't know about you, but I need Jesus every day. If you don't want him this morning, I'll take him every bit. Because I may pastor a church, and, and yes, I love Jesus, but I still deal with mild depression from time to time. I don't know if that's the thorn in my side that God is allowing me to have. I, I, I don't know what it is. And a lot of the times we get saved and we wish that everything just went away. But how many of you know from Genesis to Revelation, people struggled in the Bible, but people knew God. They knew the power of God. They knew the the faithfulness of God. And you might see a world today that looks out of control and even the pain in your own life. But let me hear I'm here to tell you today that God is still faithful and Jesus is still on the throne. We need to believe again. If only that's what he's looking for today. He might be saying, but, but preacher, you have no idea what I'm dealing with. No, I don't. But God does. He knows everything that you're dealing with. Psalms 91 verses 1 through 10 is one of my favorite scriptures. That he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, it says, in him I will trust. That's, that's a personal prayer for God today. So, I have 30 points this morning in how we can, some of you just checked out right now. If you're taking notes, I have four points that I want to minister to you about this morning. Number one is this, according to the scripture, is that Jesus is not too busy to pursue us. We're too busy to pursue Jesus it says, Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him. Understand that Jesus was already on another mission. He was already on another task, another duty to heal somebody else. Why not make him notice you this morning and so he can heal you and help you in your life? But listen, we must take time for what matters You really want to find your healing, your breakthrough. You need to keep on pursuing Jesus no matter what. Don't short the blessings of God of your life this morning. Some of us had just, we've given up. We've stopped pursuing. We've stopped believing. But the thing is, is that we need to continue to pursue him every single day. I mean, they say today that the average people work over 50 hours in a week. I remember back in the day, people just worked eight hours, but now they, they work beyond that. I mean, our lives are filled with schedules. Right now, you have, you're thinking about where you're going to eat right after church. Don't think about that. Just be in the moment worshiping Jesus. But we're too busy thinking about what we have to do tomorrow and what we got to do Friday. 
And, and, our, and our healing, it might not be an, an automatic. And we think one church service, one Bible uh, reading, one prayer, and that's it. No, we must continue pursuing him every single day. Let your pain, let that make him, let, let him notice you this morning and whatever you're dealing with. You want to know what COVID did to us? It made us see how busy we are and where our true source was. I told my church this probably three years ago. I said, listen, if one day you woke up and everything was altered in your life, your health, your money was gone, people that you love were dying, could Jesus still be enough for you? And they looked at me, kind of how you're looking at me right now. And, and But guess what? One day in 2020, we all woke up and all of our lives were altered forever probably. Our, 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 our money, we didn't know if people were going to have a job the next day. People were losing loved ones. People didn't know if they were going to have their job coming back to church. I mean, all these things were happening in America. And the thing about it is we were shocked, but God wasn't. He didn't look down and go, oh my gosh, the world just stopped. No, he was looking at Christians and he was saying, now will you believe in the Bible that you preach? Now will you believe in, in, in the red uh, letters, uh, the, 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 the promises that I talked to you about? Now was the time for Christians to really walk the walk. Now was the time to really believe in, in, in who God was in our life and he was our true source. COVID taught us a lot of things. And, and we will pursue in what matters to us this morning. But you have, to, you have to pursue Jesus. Number two is that she didn't get lost in her pain. She got filled for her hope. I'm here to tell you today that we have a living hope. Not a dead hope, not a what-if hope. We have a living hope that's in Jesus. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but the Scripture says she grew worse. And she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. See, Jesus is looking for if only people. Whatever circumstances you're in today, I'm here to tell you that there's hope, but it's living hope. A lot of the times people ask me, well, how do you know and what you believe is real? One time I was in Dallas, Texas. I pastored. I was an associate out there for, for six years. How many of you have been to Dallas, Texas? It, it's the promised land, you know, Dallas Cowboys, promised land. Uh, bad joke this morning. But anyways... And so I was having a pizza at this pizza place right next to the church. And I took my Bible all the time and I, was, I would read it. And my waitress comes out and she sees me reading it. And, and she says, oh, that's the Bible. And I said, yeah, I see, I'm, I'm reading it. I said, are you, are you a Christian? And she says, no, I'm a Muslim. She says, but I'm curious in what's in that Bible. And I said, oh, well, I'll bring you a Bible uh, next time I come and have one. She says, no, no, no. She says, don't, 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 don't do that. And I said, okay. And then she says, what is the difference between your God and my God? I mean, I was about to preach up in that pizza place. I said, well, ma'am, no disrespect. I says, but uh, 
your God died and stayed dead. My God died and rose three days later, and he's still alive today. Still alive today. And then, and then she says, well, what has God, your God, done for you in your life? I'm telling you, I, was, I saw angels flying all over. The place. I was about to anoint everything with them. I said, man, well, listen, when I feel like killing myself and giving up in life, he gave me life. When I was addicted to everything you can think of, he set me free. When the world wrote me off, he wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. When my relationship with my wife was, was, uh, was um, derailed and we thought everything was going to fall apart, he restored my family in the name of Jesus. And there were times that I was depressed. There were times I was full of anxiety, fear, and worry. He, he, the joy of the Lord was now my strength. I said, that's what God has done in my life. And the only thing she could do was just look at me and say, that's great. You see, because I understood and still understand today that whatever goes on in our lives, we have to not let the pain fuel it, but know that there is hope in every circumstances that we have. But think about this woman, how she was pursuing Jesus and the anxiety that she had in her heart. Because according to Leviticus 13.45, she was supposed to be yelling, unclean, unclean. But, but, but she was needed hope. She didn't want to let the pain keep her away. But can you imagine what she felt? She probably could have been stoned to death. But she didn't care about that. She needed something different in her life. And I'm here to tell you today that when you pursue Jesus with everything that you have, you're going to lose some friendships in your life. People don't understand this journey with God and making him your true source, making him your everything. But she didn't care about that. She wasn't fueled by her pain. She wanted to be fueled by her hope because the scripture says she heard of Jesus and she said, if only. See, most of the time we're worried about the crowd instead of worry about our healing. Don't worry about what people are going to say if, if you fully give your life to Jesus and a surrendered life to Jesus. But she came to God as she was. How many are thankful today that you could come to God as you are? Oh, I am so thankful for that today, that you can come to God right where you're at. You may say, I've been serving Jesus for 15 years, and I'm still broken. It's okay. You still come to Jesus every single day. But she was like, I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of the pain. I put my trust in man for too long, but now I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. And deep down inside, a blessing was about to come. And sometimes we can't see our blessings because all we see is setback after setback and we get stuck in the past and we give up too soon. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, I was, you know, I would go to church on Wednesdays, but then I'd be right at the bar again Wednesday night and go to church on Sunday morning uh, with the hangover. And, and I think one time I even showed up to church high. I don't think I even got any sleep. And and going to church and just sitting in the back. And I was probably maybe a month or so into going to church. And then one day I had a conversation with God. And I said, all right, God, you know, I'm serving you now. I gave my life to you. And it's not a perfect one. But we need to have a conversation. Because I'm reading about the Bible. And I'm reading that you heal people. You raise the dead. Right? But why am I not seeing no breakthrough in my life? How many know when you ask, God will speak? He says, here's what's happening in your life. Nothing 
has changed in your life. You just added me to your life. You're still around the same friends, same environment. You have the same thinking. Nothing has changed in your life. You just added me to your life. And then when the light bulb went up in my head, I said, okay, now I get it. Not some things need to come under the lordship. Everything needs to come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Then I began to see things begin to turn around in my life. Because we can't give up if we don't see God working fast enough. We can't let our our, our pain defeat us. The scripture says that she spent everything that she had and she grew worse. Listen, I don't have anything wrong with healing books or reading books or anything like that. I mean, I read all kinds of books. You know, if you're dealing with maybe a depression or anxiety or an addiction or loss, like I'm okay with books. I don't have anything wrong with that. But here's the thing. Don't put your faith in the book. Put your faith and trust in the Bible. Because the living word is going gonna, gonna to cut you, and what I mean is it's going to challenge you, but it's going to heal you at the same time. And a lot of the times we Christians or people in general, we just want a quick fix. Like we want things to wake up one day and then everything's gone. It's not, that's not the way it works. And so we get a little bit discouraged and we're like, oh, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to read this book, I'm going to read that book. And then we start listening to, to things about healing and, or, or, or whatever. But let me tell you today, Oprah and Dr. Phil have nothing on King Jesus. They have nothing on King Jesus. You know? And, and if, if we're not careful, we'll be the worldly-minded instead of being kingdom-minded. Where We're just going to uh, go in, in our room, open our Bible, get on our knees, and say, Lord, I need you right now, and I'm not going to leave this place until you bless me. I'm going to leave this place until I know that I've had an encounter with God. But if we're not careful, we'll put our faith in man versus Jesus. Matthew 19, 26, and Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. The other thing is that she got desperate versus getting discouraged. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed. Can you imagine that? Dealing with the pain for 12 years and now she was healed? I can only imagine her face and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the power, listen to this, had gone out of him. Turned around and the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? I think a lot of the times as Christians we don't get desperate enough for the encounter of God. It's like this. On church on Sunday, don't come to church on Sunday and then just think, well, you know, I, I, I wonder what song they're going to play this morning. I wonder if they're going to play my jam, Oceans. You know, I just love it when they play that song, you know. Or, or you're driving to church and you're just like, oh, I wonder what the pastor's going to be speaking about this morning. You know, I hope he's speaking on this. And, and, or, or you're driving to church and you're going, oh, I hope they don't have these lights. I mean, last week they had red and yellow and it just hurt my eyes. Or, or, or I wonder if somebody's sitting in my spot. See, here's the problem. We're worried about the wrong things. What you need to be doing is you need to drive into church this morning going, Lord, I'm, in a, I'm, a, I'm a complete mess and I need an encounter with you this morning. Like, like, I don't care what song they're singing. I don't care who's preaching. I don't care if I have to stand up while listening to a sermon. I didn't encounter with the living God today. See, the problem is we're not desperate enough. And we need to get more desperate for God in our lives 
And not just looking at a church service as a church service, but a time that we can say, you know what, I'm a, I'm a mess and I need God today. I was in India. Um, oh, how do I get back on the stage? I got to jump back up again. Oh, wow, look at this. <laughs> See, that's what happens when I get off my notes. My, my, my workout class is going to come in now. All right. Wow. Brother, we need a ladder right there next time if I come back. <laughs> no, I was going to work out this morning. You know, so I just get excited sometimes just jump down. I was in India preaching. And um, I've been to India twice in Calcutta, India. And I was able to preach in the Bengali language. And the pastor was telling me, he says, I have people... Some people in our church who drive an hour and a half just to get here. Some of them walk, drive, and, and he's like, but they get here. And I thought, wow. I said, we live in America today, and we have people that live five minutes away from the church, and I don't even see them at all. And, and I, I've been to India twice, and I see how they worship Jesus. Do you know they worship Jesus a lot different than we do? And you see miracles happening over there. You see all these things happening. And the people in America are like, well, why can't we see these miracles? Why can't we see these things take place in America? Because across seas in a third world country, you can literally die. You could be stoned. You can be hanged. All that stuff for saying that you believe in Jesus. But here's the thing. They're sold out for God no matter what. Jesus is not all they need. He's all they have over there. And that's what COVID did in 2020. It was like, now will you believe that I'm your only true source? We have to get desperate for an encounter with God. Have we told Jesus how much we need him? Have we done our part? Because the scripture says that she told him everything. I wonder what that looked like. If she got on her knees and the scripture says... She, she told him the whole truth. Twelve years of bleeding. And I wonder if she said, now this is the Anthony James Version. This is not the New King James Version, okay? But I wonder if she got on her knees and she said, Lord, I can finally sleep. Sleepless nights for twelve years. Nobody wants to be a part of my life. I've been so broken. She probably had blood on the side and on her hand, I mean, she was probably a mess. But the scriptures said that she told him everything. And sometimes we need to get honest with God. When was the last time we got on our knees? When was the last time we raised our hands as a time of surrender and said, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you in my marriage. I need you to work in my kids. When was the last time we got desperate for God? Because the scripture says that the power went out of him. And that is a huge statement. Because Jesus is ready to give his power to us, but we're not desperate enough. But you know what I love about this scripture? He didn't call her by her past. You see, the world, they'll always remind you and I and who we are. Oh, well, you're this and you're that. They'll even try to identify us with our pain. Listen to me today. If you're dealing with depression and anxiety, that is not who you are. You are a child of God today. Don't you let the world label you in who you are. Because in the scripture, he didn't say, 
identify her by her past. He identified with her present because now he called her daughter. Daughter, he said, your faith has made you well. He was now identifying her that she was now with the family of God. The world wrote her off, but he now wrote her name in the Lamb's book of life. And if we're not careful, we'll we'll let the world shape our identity when our identity is in Jesus Christ. Has our God seen your desperation? And the last one is this. Reaching is everything. His disciples said to him, you see the multitude, but he said, but you say, who touched me? Think about this. He was surrounded by so many people, but yet he only felt the desperation of one. What does that tell you? That means you can spend your whole life around Jesus, but never fully tapping into the fullness of God. And see, God is not short of miracles. The problem is that just we stop reaching. He's not short of miracles. But we stop reaching, we stop believing, we stop trusting in the power of God. You see, the reality is we all have scars. I have scars. You have scars. And those scars aren't meant to break you. Those scars are meant to help you. Those scars are meant to say, you know what? I remember that time in 2008, I was dealing with this, but God And listen, if God showed up in 2008, he wants to show up here in 2021. But the thing about it is we're not desperate enough. We need to get back to a place where we say, Lord, here I am. I want to reach. Because in the Greek, it means to stretch out, to reach out, to yearn for, to long for. And don't you one day want to be healed of the abuse, healed of depression, healed from anxiety, healed maybe from from being molested, healed from drug and alcohol addiction, healed from your past, healed, healed, healed in the name of Jesus. Then don't stop reaching, start believing. So that way today Jesus can say, who touched me? Who touched me on this side? Who touched me in the middle? Who touched me on the right side? Listen, you're watching on Facebook Live right now. Jesus can touch you right where you're at. He can do a miracle in your life. Three minutes. I want to just share a three-minute testimony. And then you're going to watch a video of what God has done in my life. Because I tell you this right now, I am not perfect. I look back and I go, what in the world, God, were you thinking when you called me to ministry? Like, I graduated at 1.9 in high school. Like, I am not book smart. I'm more street smart than anything. But I was addicted to cocaine for a long time. I tried heroin. I just didn't like it. You know, I would smoke crystal meth when I could, you know. And I, I've been drinking since the age of 14. I've drank my whole life. I mean, it was, it was in our DNA. I mean, my great-great-grandpa got shot in a bar. My great-great-grandma drank herself to death. And so you see this, this generational curse all through our years of just being drinkers. That just was our family of just drinkers. We're just drinkers. We're addicted to, it seems like, everything you could think of sometimes. But I, I went through this, this cycle where, you know, I was just addicted to everything you can think of. And, and I don't want to say I was um, um, uh, an atheist, kind of more agnostic. I had a lot of questions for God. But the thing about it is that, uh, you know, I just didn't know what to do with my life. I thought that having a family would help me, and it didn't help me at all. I put my family through not, almost nine years of addiction, 
and to the point that I came depressed and suicidal that I couldn't see any way out of my addiction. The only way out was death. That's it. The only way out was death. I didn't see the blessings over though. I didn't see any of that. I just saw death. Checked myself into rehab in August of 2009. I got out uh, nine days later and went right back to drugs and alcohol. My, my family left me. My mom ended up shipping me back to Altus, Oklahoma, because that's where I'm originally from. And I go to this church August 30th, 2009. I walk into this non-denominational church. My aunt invited me. And that night, I had planned suicide. I said, this is it. I'm going to commit suicide. And my family doesn't have to see my dead body. Like, this is it. I'm, I'm worthless. I'm nothing. And so I went to that non-denominational church. Keep in mind, Catholic background. And I'm going to this non-denominational church, and the worship music came on, and they're praising Jesus. I'm like, this church is nuts. <laughs> like, they're all happy and praising God. Like, what in the world is going on? But my pastor, Pastor Lloyd Lopez, who's now with Jesus, he got up there and he preached about Jesus like I never heard before. The Jesus that heals, the Jesus that saved, the Jesus that renews. I mean, he, like, he was talking to me. Here's the thing. I thought my aunt set me up. I'm like, my aunt told this pastor everything that I'm going through because he's reading my mail. Listen, how many know that was God speaking to my heart? And then the pastor says, anybody need prayer? And so I walk up there, and I call it the walk of defeat because for once in my life, 28 years old, I was defeated as a man. I was a very prideful man, man full of ego. And I walked down the aisle. He said, what can I pray with you about? I said, I don't know. I said, I, I, I'm addicted to drugs and alcohol. I lost my family. I have nothing. I lost my job. Everything that I have is gone. And he says, have you accepted Jesus into your life? I said, am I supposed to? He said, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to raise your hands. I'm like, well, this is just weird. So I closed my eyes, and I raised my hands, and I could feel the elders putting their hands all over me. And, and they began to pray for me, and I began to say the sinner's prayer. And it was like a flood of the Holy Spirit in my heart. And God said, I love you, and I'm here. Stop running. I want to be a part of your life. I begin to weep and I begin to cry. And one of the elder ladies, she says, that's the Holy Spirit. I said, lady, who is the Holy Spirit? I just met Jesus right now. Like, let me catch up to this whole thing. And I went behind the church and I weeped and I cried. And I asked God to forgive me for ever doubting him and cursing him on the day that I was born. And that's how my journey began. My family came back to me. We restored our relationship. At that time, we weren't married, me and my wife. We weren't married. We got married 22 days later. She got saved and gave her life to Jesus. All my kids are saved, gave their life to Jesus. Her mom got saved and gave her life to Jesus. Her brother got saved and gave her life to Jesus. My daughter now helps us every Sunday with worship. And what an honor to be able to share the stage with her every Sunday because a child that used to once wake up, her, uh, wake up to her daddy gone, not knowing if he was going to come back home, being gone for three to four days on a binge, now we get to worship Jesus together. And it's only because of God. I want you to watch this um, three-minute video. And then I want our hearts to get ready because God's going to do something. Listen, I know we're a little bit over time let the other churches go to church. I mean, go, let the other churches go have lunch. We're going to spend time with God today, okay? And so I want us to get our hearts ready uh, after this uh, video real quickly. I've been pastoring long enough that when we get to this time, people start to check out. Don't check out, check in. And know that God wants to meet you right where you're at. Right now, 
than whatever you're dealing with. All it took was my obedience to God to break a generational curse in my family. My kids will now grow up in church. My grandkids will now grow up in church. Because I said yes, not knowing how that was going to look. And you need to break that curse in your own family. Maybe you come from a line of drinkers. I, I don't know. I don't know. God knows this morning. But what he's looking today is for people to say, will you be desperate enough for me? Will you believe that I can work in any area of your life? Will you believe? To, will you start reaching today? Will you start reaching today and believe in who God says he is? Because your obedience can change your family forever. I'm the first pastor in my family. I'm the first author in my family. All because of God. And if he can work in my life, he can work in anybody's life. But you have to be willing. I want you to bow your heads for a second. If you're here this morning and you've never, ever gave your life to Jesus, you've never accepted it, you say, I want to give my heart to him. I've been running from him for a long time, but I need, I need to be saved today. Maybe you're like the woman who had been running from Jesus, and, and, but now you know about Jesus. You're going to give your life and heart to him today. Let me see your hands so I can pray with you. Just slip it up. I'm giving my life to you. God bless you over there, sir. Anybody else? God bless you back there. Anybody else? I'm giving my life to Jesus today. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. I'm looking right now. I'm looking around. Two people. Anybody else? I'm giving my life to Jesus today. I'm giving my life to him. God bless you, ma'am. Three. Anybody else? I'm giving my life. God bless you, sir. Four. Giving my life to Jesus today. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. We praise God for that. God bless you. See you. I see you. I see you. Okay. I'm going to ask the prayer warriors to come down. And we're going to have a time of prayer. Those of you that raised your hands, I, I want you to find somebody to pray with. Um, if you don't have a good church, if you don't have a church home, I know Pastor Nick and his wife would love to have you here. It's important that we find a good church home to grow in our faith. So at this time, I'm going to ask the prayer warriors to come up. And the rest of you, if this message spoke to your heart and you're saying, Pastor, I, I, need, to, I need to keep reaching again. I need, I need to start believing again. There's some areas in my life that, that I need God to work. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're addicted. Maybe, maybe, maybe you need to come to the altar. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're, all you do is think about your past. I want you to come be healed today in the name of Jesus. Let Jesus heal your heart. Maybe you're just here and you want to stand in the gap for a loved one who is addicted. What I do know is that God wants to meet you right where you're at. And don't miss this opportunity. Let's spend some time with God before we go home. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word of God that never comes back void. Thank you, Lord, that you are stirring our hearts. Father, I pray that as people begin to come to the altar, that you begin to, to speak to them. You begin to minister to their hearts. That, Lord, they're going to leave this place. They're going to go, wow, God met me right where I was at. He ministered to me in the midst of my mess. Father, I pray that miracles would come to the house of God today. We thank you for salvation that is only in Christ Jesus. Heaven is rejoicing today over the saved people. And so, Father, I pray as we get our hearts ready that you speak to us in a mighty way. All the prayer warriors that are up here, I pray you anoint them for this task. You anoint them for this duty. And we thank you, Lord. My assignment is now done, my God. And what your people do with it is up to them. 
And I pray, Lord, that they would want to learn and grow this morning and believe in the power of God. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. This is Pastor Nick Poole, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 